0: Week. Uh, and then we're gone. Those of you who are here, I hope you noticed. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just went up to the LCMC gathering. That is our, uh, our denominational gathering. And um, I got I to experience, and it kind of more morning last week. I I've, I've got to experience what a lot of, uh, just, well, the people at home definitely experienced. Um, and uh, some of you here have experienced. And, uh, we've got people through the first for the first thing uh, we've been watching at home, and that is, I got to worship, participate in worship virtually. Um, and, and normally, what my what my pattern is, try to do this even in this weird time of COVID, is when I go away like that, I try to find a local church to worship in, and, and there, I, I do that for several reasons. One of those reasons is because. And you know, I really need to worship, I, it's something that's important to me, I really want to, to worship. And, and, and you know, past times we've really given him the capabilities that we do now in terms of virtual worship. So I would go, I'd find a local church to worship with, that local worship community. And then also I want to uh, sit at the feet of another pastor and just learn from him, you know, uh, and have God speak through him into my soul. Uh, that's, that's important for me too. But then I also will go to a church and look for things that maybe I can see that they do right, see the things that uh, maybe they do wrong and, you know, things that uh, they want, want to bring back here, things that they don't want to bring back here, you know, things like that. So, yeah, you I know, do that kind of thing. So, last weekend, I was able to watch, actually, multiple worship services. I watched, uh, I was going to watch uh, that one of those local church services so I could keep that kind of practice up so, and then also watch and participate in our worship service here, which is what I was able to do on Sunday morning. So, the first church that I tried to tune into to um, a church that I was familiar with. But when I, when I really uh, started checking that service, the it service was, it was kind of, you know, was, over it, was, it, was, it seemed to be kind of inward focused, not really visible friendly, not really open to people like me. It seemed to be for me. So, I, I flipped to another one and another church that I had never worshipped with before. But, again, I was really familiar with it. And and, and uh, there was a lot of great things in there. I mean, the worship was great, and it was really setting um, me up to be able to listen to what the pastor had to say and what God might say to him. And I was ready to listen. I was really hear, and, and really eager for that. But I tell you what, I was disappointed. And actually, so he got into this message. It was the first message of a new series. And, and the, the whole series where was, this message was about a problem that the preacher said was a problem. But it. In, in, in my book, wasn't a problem. And, and I, I didn't think it was a problem. And he never did anything really to establish that it was a problem. So, you know, just this thing went on, actually blood pressure kind of lost him a little bit because um, he never really established that it was a problem and he began to really want us together as being instigators of this issue. Um, and, and, and they said, well, oh, you I know, really want to change this a different worship service here? I really want to turn this guy off and, and go someplace else and worship something different in a different place. But I didn't do that. I, I stuck with it because I was thinking, you know, maybe people give us some justification for what he's saying. Maybe he will get around to that and, and, and provide some evidence that, you know, this really is a problem. I just have a blind area to it. But he never did. <laughs> that never happened. I did stick through to the very end. I'm um, telling you this you know, and, and being vague about the subject matter and that all that kind of stuff because that was just simply to distract from the point I'm trying to make here, and that is this, that uh, it, it is very easy to become a consumer Christian. It's very easy, you know, uh, with all of the blessings, like oh, oh, I thought it. it was a great blessing to be able to sit there in my hotel room and worship God. I mean, that was great. But it's also very easy when we hear something that might not, you know, be long relaxing, to go someplace else. and I to switch the camera, to go do the dishes, to turn out, you know, and be halfway driving for something like that. You now, consumer Christianity is something that really has been around a one time. It was even before COVID there was an issue with consumer Christianity. Consumer Christianity, let me just kind of define that a little bit more. Consumer Christianity is like being a consumer of anything else where you go to the grocery store. I go to the grocery store and, you know, there's a, a thousand different prices. If, it, if one thing doesn't meet my fancy well, then I can go to something else. I can, I can get them. You know, the consumers is which I to be consumers, And uh, consumers really are, are self-focused. It's about us. You know, what changes you need, uh, that i want to spend my money on, I'm spend my time on, or whatever that might be. That is uh, consumerism. And when it comes to Christianity, even before COVID, People often as you know, we could see around us in the West where people could practice their faith as a consumer. Where if something down the street seemed to be a better soil, well, let's go over there. You know, when people would shift around and then go seek out whatever that message might be, that would be tonight I think. Whatever claims his Well, those who we listen to the false prophets in the Old Testament, they were consumer followers as Jesus as well. It would be prophets like Jeremiah, for example, who would speak out, and they would try to communicate God's word to the people and communicate a warning. that really wasn't all that to hear. And, and uh, so they wanted to change the channel. They they would then go to false prophets and listen to whatever it was that the false prophets had to say. The problem was that the false prophets had to say wasn't true, and it led them in the wrong direction, so that they wound up facing the the truth um that consumer faith by being conquered by outside people and the northern kingdom of Israel uh, going into exile, never to be heard from again, southern kingdom going into exile as well, to Babylon. You know, when we treat God and faith as things that are unreal, sooner or later there will become lesser priorities than the things that are real in life. Marriage faith will become fabulous as you can see to lead us to real. And when we uh, consumer our questions, we're feeding the food because it's unreal. The search is needed, the real search is needed, that is, the real search of the real living is needed precisely because life isn't attached to their support. It's not something that we post, even though we might have called products this way, as consumers, we, mean, we have to deal with certain things as like they come along with COVID, whether we want it or not, and all kinds of things. And the church is the place where real life begins, and where, where real life is developed because the world and the world is now ultimately a state to this point. You know, I laugh when I hear this sermon, and you know, i just supposed to get a you know, that goes this way, but the church is like a sporting event where you've got thousands of people in the stands, yes, this is a different thing. <laughs> thousands of people in the stands, uh, who are badly in need of exercise, watching a handful of people in the field who are badly in need of a you know, <laughs> and that's the case. And really what that's describing is, is, is there are people who might be, you know, kind of hanging on the wall, but not really fully engaged. Not really fully engaged in a faith, not fully engaged in a the faith that God was to me. So, if you've been sitting faithful to the place this place, then similar you're going to either face the faith reality of a life without real estate. because it's one in the real faith maybe. or say that this is the day, this is the day that I'm going to get my the beginning. This is the day to get real with Jesus and say goodbye to a consumerist, spectator religion. relationship. Well, we can going to see this uh, when Jesus was invited to a home of uh, a state for dinner. Now, in those days, before television, before the internet, before all the diversions that people have today, what they would do for entertainment, for diversions, would be they would entertain guests. Yeah, people come out of town. People who come to town with news from the outside world, people that would come in and And they'd be able to uh, bring a fresh perspective on things. And uh, so those people were important. But Jesus was even more than your regular uh, guest or your regular visitor, however. He was a preacher, he was a teacher, a miracle worker, he was a celebrity. Inviting somebody to dinner like that, like Jesus, was really an honor. So the Pharisee honored Jesus by inviting him to dinner, and Jesus honored the Pharisee by going. Now, only a few special few could possibly be invited to this dinner because the favorite table was only so large. But there was a custom those days, and the custom was this, that if you were not invited to a dinner, you would still be welcome to come and sit in the doorway. Where you could hear the conversation, you wouldn't be able to partake on the meal, you wouldn't be able to sit around the table, but you could partake in hear the conversation it was taking place at the table. So people would gather there, as they would here at this dinner that Jesus and the Pharisee had, called the Holy in the doorway. Listen, And that day at that meal, when Jesus was invited to sign in the Pharisee's house, there were people gathered. But then, something happened at that meal. A woman who was in the doorway, Joe Custom, broke protocol and came from out of the doorway to the table, the out it, into the received. She poured perfume on the seat, mixed with the two with of the streamed after the seat. And as she drive them, with the best thing that she had available, the best thing she didn't really come prepared today. She dragged them with her hair. This woman didn't just come out of nowhere. I mean, if you've heard this story before and, and you know, some that about things he a variety of ways in the was you, heard the, before, you wondered, well, the world in You know, the in the house, you know, in, the house like? and in the doorway. Where the others were sitting and listening where she had been sitting and listening a moment before. He was, and it's a constant, she lied, was, a spectator, told The But that day, heard something as she spoke to in the doorway. She heard something. Jesus' message he said told this was from an affliction, and it moved her away, they didn't move from an affliction. She had the words of Jesus that she heard in the doorway, and like him, there was something that you know, had a reality to them that was different than anything she had heard before. So she did the unthinkable. She got up and she moved. She moved. She moved towards Jesus. He actually spectator above and he went to the feet of Jesus. engaged with Jesus. Well, it's kind of surprising that Simon didn't try to stop her. He didn't he didn't say to his servant, Hey, get this woman out of here. No, instead he figured that he was grab. Then he sat back smartly and looked at Jesus and thought and said, This guy isn't even special. If he was, he would get rid of this woman. He didn't know exactly who the woman was and what it was that she'd done in her life, and he wouldn't have anything really to do with her. He'd set her back in the doorway. But Jesus didn't do that. The thing said to her, he assumed that the woman. He gave her a new sculpt that day, a nice fresh sculpt that day. He gave her a face, a, a of life that was in life, not a spectator life, not a spectator of religion, not a consumerist, the kind of faith that holds back and and holds things in judgment, but instead engaged her personal life. She needed to personally engage with Jesus in order to experience what the faith was at about. He needed to bring her reality into Jesus' reality and see what he might do with it. And then there was just skip forward a few years as we see this 10-1 call. The Apostle Paul was traveling in one of his travels. He stopped in a town by the name of Troy, which is in northern what is now today, northern Turkey, or north, uh, I guess it would be kind of northwestern Turkey. And his way back from Greece. And he stopped there to share the message with the believers. And he did so in a very unusual home, because this home had three stories. Now, in Palestine, most of the homes only had one story. And in uh, Greek uh, culture areas like Phorex, they would have no more than two floors, normally. And the men would stay on the first floor, that was their domain. The women, they would have the second floor, that would be their domain. But a three-story building is all easier. So who are these people that call the person to? Well, the fact that it's a three-story building of tell us a little bit there because on the root of the second story is where the slaves would work. That's the, the, where the slaves would hang and then was the slave culture where there was all kinds of slaves and a lot of different things. So what it appears to be is that the third story is where Paul was teaching and teaching to the slaves of the household, and there they, they seem to have the same kind of equipment, the same kind of a custom that they had at Phoenicia. Back in Palestine. Because here, rather than hanging out in the doorway, was this young man by the name of Utica who was hanging out in a window cell. He wasn't invited in, apparently. He didn't have a spot at the table where he could hear some music. Instead, he was hanging out in the window. Just listening, as that woman did in the doorway. You could stand there in the window and say to him, listening to what Paul had to say to his slaves. You know, can only imagine what Paul might have said. But you can kind get an idea of that from Paul's letters and see if he's way right and then see maybe what he had to say to his slaves in that third story when he would go home. He could have told, told them about freedom and sex. How their, their station and their life could be raised. How even if they were physically the property of a mother, that they still belonged, to the king of the universe. But God loved them so much that he came to pay for their freedom. He came to free, free from to sin, He would to be transformed by him and in him. But this would take engagement. This would be take coming out of the doorways of life. This would take Him coming out of the window slows of life to actually come and engage with Jesus, come toward him like that woman did at his So Paul turned out, he was preaching a very long sermon that night, and Eutychus fell asleep on the window sill. He fell out. So sweet story he was death. Now the name Eutychus actually means, he's of word that means good fortune. I don't know if he was feeling like he was very fortunate at that moment. He died. Paul, being a good pastor, he stopped his sermon, went down to check things out. If he could help in any way with you on the there and around the way, And there he did something that, especially to a modern age, was most, almost unbelievable. He didn't just simply comfort people on the job of the No, he raised you if you were the assistant in the job. He didn't worry. And it's not just simply symbolic, from the mess or something like that. No, I mean, it, one of the cool things about the book of Acts, where we find this story, is that the second half of the book of Acts is all in personal pronouns. It's an eyewitness account from Luke, who saw himself. And he's telling us what he saw was Paul come down and raised this young man, Eutychus, from the dead. And man, what they did was they went back and they did church. They went back to the third floor, and Paul continued to teach. Now, where do you think that Eutychus sat at that point? I don't think he sat in the window anymore. I don't think he sat in the doorway. I don't think was in the front row. I'm not very certain of it, again, but Ulysses was in the front row as he was engaging personally with his Jesus that Paul talked about. And he was over having day the faith at that point. This is Ulysses. He was in the room engaging, engaging with Jesus. Remember, remember the, uh, the game show? I don't know if it's even still online anymore, but The Price is Right? And I didn't watch any game shows, but I did watch The Price is Right. And, uh, you know, they've got the three greatest words in television. Come on down You know, where you know, the announcer would say somebody's name would say, come on down, and, it's, and the person would draw a side and everybody be sharing a, Come over to these people and, you know, make it their way down the aisle and come on down Maybe there could be a contestant. There's only very few people selected to be a contestant. And then in the world where they had to get the price of the item in order to be able to win in the prize. Well, Jesus is calling you to say, come on down. Come on down into the sea. Give them a game in there. Come on down and you get to win the prize when you get the prize that it pays for you to be able to come on and win which is the prize the, the, the for you to be able to come on and win and gain in this game is the prize of Jesus himself who said he's ready for you so if you can get in the and, and i just think to send them on the ball right and let me win and I said I said come and win is inviting you in, engaging the world's music, focus on us. But it is Jesus. comes to the place where for will rise again. about that.